Michael and Heifert present This Week in Horror. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Ifrit. And I'm Sickle, and we're Sickle and Ifrit. We're the unhallowed reviewers and haven't said, existed for we, a long we, time. We don't, we just think, we like record when, when our hearts say it's right. And, you know, like, it's not a job we get paid for, so... Uh, you know, hope you enjoy when we do come out with episodes as opposed to expecting them, you know? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna if you want it more often then just pay us for it. If you paid <laughs> a lot of money, then we will do them every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's very true. If we got paid <laughs> enough money we do it every day. Anyway, we're talking way about this way too long. There's like a hundred things that we can talk about now though. Uh, so many th- things. Yeah, so uh first and foremost um, I think what we were talking about off podcast that I wanted to capture was the recent successes of uh, Guillermo del Toro and um, like the stuff he's yeah so if you hadn't cha- seen it yet Cabinet Curiosities was, is on Netflix and it's really good like so good I like it a lot uh, and it just kind of like if you if you don't know much about del Toro's history you're supposed to direct a Mountains of Madness movie and I think if we got anything from Cabinet Curiosities, it's that that dude can put together like a series of of things that are very much Lovecraft oriented. Because um, a lot of that horror was very cosmic, and some of them are directly translations of H.P. Lovecraft stories. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and so then, like shortly after that, they released some like pre footage of the Mountains of Madness CG stuff that they were doing, and it looked really cool. <laughs> It did. It looks so good. It reminded me of the relic. Oh man, it hurts. Yes, it did remind me of that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I don't know. It looks so good, and and it was and it was like just proof of concept, you know, quote unquote garbage, and it looked amazing. Like it looked way better than. Like I was way more interested in that small little clip than (laughs) a lot of like full featured horror movies, and I, I was. I was super. It, it, that was very maddening. Maddening that it didn't get made. But you said to me that you had something that was even more maddening. And yes. I think if you recall correctly, you described it as you had to sit down and calm yourself down after you were you read this news. I, I did, and this will not devastate everybody else the same as it devastates me. Uh, I'm prepared it to be was, underwhelmed for sure. Then yes, it was. It, but if you know me. You understand that this bit of news, it was almost as if the universe designed it specifically to stab me in the heart and twist the knife. <laughs> Jeez, so, I need to know what this is right now. Like... <laughs> the news was that back in 2017, this, and now I say news, it, this could be a rumor. I'm pretty sure it's news, though. Back in 2017, <laughs> Mike Flanagan... Mike Flynn. One of the best names in horror today. Wanted to make a horror-oriented Clayface movie. And wow. It fell through. What? Like that's such an off-the-wall concept, though. Like it is specifically designed to hurt you. Yes. <laughs> like, it was one hundred percent designed. Like and have, they like like Batman Clayface for real. Like they they, yes. they weren't just saying like a Clayface character. It was like it's like no. Batman villain Clayface. It was it was specifically the one designed 
that became super popular from the Batman animated series, that Clayface. Oh, like, wow. The Clayface the that I love. The Clayface, yeah. Yes. And where I have, as anybody who knows me, I very much enjoy most of the Batman movies. But one thing that I've always held to my heart and always been slightly solemn about is that Clayface is never in them. And Clayface, and I've accepted the fact, everybody tells me over and over again, they're like, you just have to accept the fact that Clayface is too weird and he'll never be in a movie. And I'm like, I, you're right, I have to come to that reality. And now I find out that five years ago, one of the best directors out right now almost made it happen. And it wasn't even a Batman, it wasn't even a Batman movie with Clayface in it. It was going to be a Clayface movie. It's like the Joker of Clayface. Oh. Like, where it's just about Joker and there's no, like, you don't even know if Batman's in this world or not. I'm so, I'm so upset. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Take that back up, Mike Flanagan. Maybe it'll get more popular after, um, like, the Joker comes out. Joker 2's coming out, so maybe they'll, like, think about it again. And they're also doing stuff that I... <laughs> I not to trivialize your sadness, I'm sorry that happened, but... Uh, <laughs> I saw a trailer for the mean one, and I saw a trailer for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And I'm, like, super excited for these, like, horror, like, reimaginings of things. Like, I think it's going to be a great thing... And to the point of Clayface, like, I don't know, like, maybe they'll do horror of, like, things that we wouldn't think. Like, maybe that's the next thing, is taking stuff from, like, that's normally pleasant or from a cartoon and turning into something terrible. What's the mean one? The mean one is, like, uh, like a horror Grinch with the guy who plays Art the Clown as the Grinch. Oh, awesome. I didn't yeah, know that one. It's, it has a trailer out today. You should go check it out if you haven't, because... It's it's like it's like the mix of like the Grinch and uh, Halloween. Terrifying. The new ha- oh, okay. <laughs> the Halloween like uh, where like she's trained herself and she's been training with guns and stuff. Like there's a scene where she's like, I'm not gonna let Christmas get ruined anymore, and she's like, I, it's it's definitely gonna be campy. Like don't get me wrong, right? Because it's a fucking Grinch movie, but uh, I think it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and, I liked the blood and honey thing. Yeah. That, that looked also like good. <laughs> um, the other one, the other Christmas movie that I was thinking about at the same time as the mean one was Violent Night. It comes out yes. soon, or it should already be out maybe by the time this is posted, but it's done by the same director. It's not it's not strictly horror, but I feel like you could throw it in horror or like action horror because um, of the kills. Like it's, People are comparing it to Die Hard, but it's more far more horror than Die Hard because it's very violent. Um, Die Hard's violent, but not in like a, you see people explode into pieces way. You just assume they're dead because they're not standing anymore kind of thing uh, but it's directed by the same people who did Bullet Train and Nobody which are like two of my more favorite oh, non-horror nice. movies David uh, Lin- David uh, something what's his name uh, probably not David Lynch no I was like <laughs> it's, it's David something Um, it's it, David Leitch Leitch L-E-I-T-C-H and you're like who the hell is that right but he directed Hobbs and Shaw he, he's uh, played and inter- interacted with um, the Deadpool movies he's a producer on John Wick he directed Deadpool 2 he directed uncredited right, directed the first John Wick um, he, he yeah it's just like he this guy you're like holy crap he's been doing he's this everything. whole time like <laughs> this whole time like and uh, so I 
yeah, I, I'm like, oh my god, I, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a legitimate fan of, of, uh, or he produced nobody, I guess he didn't direct it. Um, but like, I'm a fan of this dude and everything this guy is involved in. I really like. <laughs> anyway, that's that's Violent Night. Go see it. It's like Santa Claus meets Die Hard kind of thing, but it's more violent. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that one. All right. I, I do love all those things that you um, mentioned. One last thing I did <laughs> want to talk about that was from a while ago, and this will only take a few seconds, but uh, was the Smile like ad campaign. Like I think it's yeah. probably like the most genius ad campaign I've seen in a very long time. Because all they did was they had people go out with like Smile t-shirts on and stand in like things that are recorded publicly that you see on TV, like baseball games and to the Today Show and stuff like that. And I'm like, do that more horror movies. Like, if you really want to pull me in, do that more. And I think Smile was great. Like, I've, I'm, like, going to probably buy it when I get paid tomorrow. Because <laughs> I liked it a lot. I want to just watch the last, like, five minutes of that movie again. Yeah, I, I do think <laughs> that, like, the movie does a good job of doing horror in other ways. It is a bit jump scary, but it also makes you feel just pretty much uncomfortable sometimes. You're like, I don't like this, like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, you may not like this comparison, but I, I it reminded me in that way of It Follows, because no, it's just I, like there's... I will say, like, I, yes, go ahead, sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, um, yeah the, like it just reminded me of that, in the sense of like, you know that that thing is coming at you, and it's coming at you slowly, but you know it's coming, and you don't know how far away it is. Which was the best and, part of It Follows, like, yeah, I think, so... Yeah. And It Follows is a good horror movie, I just don't like it. So I'll, I'll say that now. <laughs> uh, so, okay, that's all. But I think they did a good job with that. Um, yeah, so do you want to uh, talk about Telluride for a little bit? We haven't really reviewed that since uh, it happened, so. I know, it was like six months ago. Yeah, it feels like it was um. forever ago. Um, I think this year was pretty good. It was. I don't think it was their best year, but I think it was a pretty good one. Yeah, we ended up not, uh, as we were looking it over and everything for the podcast this week, that we realized that we ended up dipping out of a lot of movies, and when you look back on it, I mean, I really, I think that we saw two feature films, and then the other two were uh, anthologies. Like, they were still shorts, and then, like, the one of the other ones that we can talk about, we didn't see at Telluride. We watched yeah. it later. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, We had, like, one day of movies that we saw a bunch of stuff we wanted to see all in the same day. It was, like, three movies in a row in the same theater, and that was, like, the most we watched. And I think it was, like, one day of movies is all I had, because I ended up watching... One, two, three, four, five of them. I think five of the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So like a, th- a third. <laughs> wow, but you still saw more than I did. Um, I think I only saw four, mm. and then five, five including uh, Matriarch. Anyway, uh, but... once again, it's all about it's all about the shorts for us. But um, yep. let's talk about what we like from the movie since it'll be short. Um, funny, funny thing happened on the way to Telluride. Uh, we were listening to a book on tape by Nick Cutter called. Um, the Troop. The Troop, yes. Um, I think everybody liked it. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, but the um, it's very disturbing. Uh, and so if you can handle disturbing stuff, like physical body horror stuff, 
it's good, but it's also kind of like in that vein. Um, but Nick Cutter is like kind of a newer, like not prolific, but he's a pretty common, not common, that's not the right word either. People know, people know him. Like, you know, he's a big deal. Uh, no, he's, he's a horror <laughs> author that's got a lot of good stuff out right now. But another one of his novels got adapted into a movie that we saw at Telluride, which was, was like the craziest thing because we were listening to that. No one had heard of Nick Cutter before this weekend, and now we have two things with Nick Cutter. Um, but it's The Breach, and I think that movie was not that great, but I think I want to read the book really bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it, th- yeah, that was the first one that we saw when we got there, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to like it so much. And it was kind of funny that, that afterwards, Eifert and I both felt like it was missing, lacking something, but the part that, things, yeah. yes, exactly, because that one of the, one of the parts that Eifert thought was actually redeemable about it was one of my least favorite parts and vice versa. And it was, <laughs> um, but I, like, it just felt like to me that it, it oh man, it, it, to me, part of it was that it tried to go beyond the budget that they had available. Oh yeah. And you know, it it's just, like one of those times you could tell when they like ran out of money. Yes, yeah, and and they continued to try to pull it off with what they had, and it just didn't work. So it made it kind of fall apart into this like sci-fi original a- area of things. You have some pretty decent body horror though. Oh man, it's so good! Like that was the part I loved was the part like everything that happened, all the body horror that was in the house. I thought was really good. That's true. Like I I loved all of that, and I think that. For me personally, looking back on it, it, when it kind of expanded into more, it it yeah, oversaturated it. Over, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it like it killed all of that, like the the visceral nature of everything that was happening in the house. You're like, oh man, this is nasty. Like this is what's happening. And then it's like, well, yeah, it's happened hundreds of times. It's like, oh well, no, okay, well that killed it. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so the only other one I think we saw together was three. I'm going to talk about another one I saw on my own, which is The Offering. I thought the movie was cool. Um, I highly suggest seeing it if you get a chance to. Um, it's probably, like, one of my favorite, like, straight horror movies, uh, from the festival. I mean, we didn't see that many, but it was, like, one I felt was just a really good horror movie about, like, a, a, I think it's, it's, like, a Hasidic, um, funeral home. Of like a Jewish funeral home. It's, yes, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind I, of I think it reminded me a lot of uh, like um, a more. It's not the right word. It's very uh, got a very uh, Jane, autopsy Jane Doe vibes to it. Um, oh, okay, yeah. But they're not like yeah. I'll just leave it there. I I feel like of the the two movies that had the purest form of horror to me what it seemed like, or like, a, not purest form of horror, but purest form of scary movie. Um, let's say it that way. Were The Harbinger and The Offering, and I heard a lot more about The Offering having that, like, ha- having some really good quality to its its atmosphere and its scares than any of the other ones. And so I feel like that one is, like you were saying, that one I feel like once it pops up somewhere, it's going to be worth a watch. Did you ever see The Vigil? No, but I wanted to after, like, I've been trying lo- to find it and remember it. I'm glad you said it. I, I would love to know what you think of that one, because I really liked that one, too, and it has uh, some good scares, and the offering kind of reminded me of that just because it follows Jewish culture, and it follows it very, um, uh, <laughs> uh, 
pun intended, religiously, and so There's it like definitely fa- supernatural there. stuff in the offering, though, for sure. It's not. Oh, a, the vigil too. Yeah. Okay. For, okay. Yeah, cool. Definitely. That makes me more yeah. excited for it. Um, the, we had to see Scare Package too because we love Scare Package one. Frankly, I don't remember any of the shorts off the top of my head from Scare Package two, but <laughs> I imagine I remember I want to watch it again. Like I want to watch it again. But I yeah. haven't. <laughs> It was another one of those goofy ones where it probably has, like, as far as anthologies go, Scare Package, probably more than any other one that I can think of, cares more about its interconnecting story than any of the other ones. Yeah, for sure. Any other anthology. It cares a lot about that. And it continues that trend in this one. Like, if you were in the first one and you're like, whoa, is this like a, like, this is like a whole movie inside of this anthology. And, like, you dug that or you hated it. If you dug it, you're going to love Scare Package, too. If you yeah, hated it's it, expen- then... It's, it's, it's bigger here, because <laughs> it's like yes. way more important. Yeah. So, um, anthology Super though, goofy. Like, yeah, I think it was good. I just ha- I don't remember anything from it <laughs> at all. Yeah, honestly, I can't now, either. Um, I, I, like, everything that's popping into my head is not the shorts. I remember the a lot, though. Like, yes, me too. Yeah, exactly, because it was very saw. It was easy to recall a lot of what was happening there. Um, and then it kind of goes off the rails at the end, which I liked. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, Just like the, the other, first one. <laughs> the other anthology movie was VHS 99, and I had watched all the VHSs before I, we went to Telluride because I wanted to be like, I don't know, it would, you don't have to watch them all, I just felt like I should. Um, and the, the really, I think the one I remember off the top of my head is the last one where they get teleported to, like, hell. Yes. Like, I, I, I remember... Oh, no, the there's that- the punk rock one? There's the punk rock one. Yeah. There's the one with the uh, Gorgon. That's the interconnecting story. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I guess it is because it closes out at the end, isn't it? Yeah, and then <clears throat> the other yeah. like so then you have the one with the the hazing. I thought that one was good, but uh, the, like, oh, the yes, college hazing, and then um, you have the like there's there's a third one I don't remember, and then there's like the game show. Or maybe the game show yes. because it's like so long, but it gets somewhere at the end. But it's like so weird throughout. It does. Like, the first so... part is one theme, and the next part is another, and the like final part is just like crazy cosmic. It just the it, yeah that that short had three shorts in it. That one yeah. was so. But weird. the third part of it was great. But it the was. Second part, not super, not super a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. It that yeah that one was weird, and like I okay. <laughs> my my opinion on the on 99 there was nothing wrong with 99 i thought it was great but and it has creatures in it but 94 just just scratched every itch that i want mm-hmm. out of an anthology because almost every single one had some like pretty hefty practical effects and then like monsters on top of it and so it was really hard to top 94 for me personally and 94 is not even a lot of people's favorites but it's it's my personal favorite um hail ratma uh the but not but 99 like uh, I, I was kind of feeling that way throughout like while I was watching I was like oh you know this is really good but it, you know it's not scratching that dish as much and then it was just like oh I'm sorry you wanted some monsters and creatures creatures and practical effects we just piled it all into the last one like not even the it, last one it's like that one oh because I thought the practical effects in the second one were good with the like people under the ground thing. I, I thought that was good. It was silly, the, but it was good. The, like, the, the drowning Mary lady. No, no, no. That one I did like, but in a different way. I thought it was, like, I thought the, like, the, how they, like, 
what they did to him at the end, I was like, oh, that's gross. Like, I like that. That's really gross. <laughs> I just didn't want to have to wait through that through that whole stupid short to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one, the hazing one you were talking about. The, uh, no, yeah. the hazing one, I was talking about the practical effects because I thought. Yes, like, yeah, that was, yeah. That was, I thought that was a really good part of it. I think that a lot of people fell off in the story. Like, they just didn't care or wasn't compelling, but I thought it was pretty good. I just, the, the one with the game show, like, it's just, yeah. I think that one has, like, this where they start, and they're like, there's practical effects in this, you know. And then the next one, they go fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one where they go to, the, like, I, I still am, I, I will profess to this day for this, for the, and vouch for that segment of 99, that that is some of the best, most immersive use of a budget to pull something like that off I've ever seen. Right? Like, I how can you go to, like, say, oh, hey, we're going to hell in this, and then you pull that off with what I would assume is a shoestring shoestring budget. I guarantee it wasn't much of a budget. And they did a pretty dang good job of making you feel like you're moving quite a bit through this area and, like, yeah. <laughs> through That's this true. realm. And, it, oh, man, that, it was true. so well done. Yeah. And then the one we saw that we didn't see there was Matriarch, and I think we both really liked Matriarchs. I was not expecting it, because I kind of just went in blind, and I was very... It actually spawned me watching a bunch of other Hulu movies, because I was like, damn, have I been missing out on Hulu movies? Like, so... Yeah, I, I really did. I, I did like it a lot. I I think that I have this problem, and I'm afraid not... I, I may be judging horror movies too harshly, partly because I feel like some directors are... Uh, and whoever they have behind their team have a little bit better knack for effects work where, like, that's half of their talent, right? Like, say the guy that, that directs Terrifier. Half of his talent is his ability to set up practical effects shots, mm -hmm. right? And, like, he's so he's able to carry a budget a lot farther in that aspect than other filmmakers are. And other filmmakers are have a much higher skill level in traditional directing, um, such as was the case with Matriarch, I feel like, where, the, you know, everything is really well-crafted. And then, but they aren't effects-heavy individuals, so they don't have this creative mindset of, like, well, if I just have $6,000, I can make this thing that's gonna come out of this pond and blah, blah, blah. So they're forced to just go, we gotta hire a CG guy for 16000 you know. Whatever we you didn't have like left. that part. You thought that part was bad. I thought that was a cool one of the cooler parts of that movie. I think I think I don't know. I think it was just that uh, leading up to that point, there were some pretty nasty practical effects, like the couple in the car, like as they progressed yeah, through the true. movie. That's true. And then like that whole scene at the end where like they kind of seem to be all like having that society moment where they're all melding together or whatever, and or de decomposing. I don't remember. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but, you're like, right. Okay. All of that and and like so like all of that part was was so well done to me and it wasn't it wasn't bad like there are some cg shot like while it was happening i was like i can tell i mean you could clearly see that it's some pretty hefty cg but it's not bad like like i didn't feel like it was awful um I, if anybody has seen that movie oh shoot i'm not gonna remember what it was called you know what i'm gonna drop it but there was this movie where it it looked like paper mache but cg'd paper mache where mm. like it was at the by the at the end of the movie. It was like this is what I watched this whole movie for, was that and Matriarch wasn't like that, like it made its impact. Like that thing was still there. It felt present, 
Um, and it looked like they put good effort and intention behind like the way it looked and everything. It wasn't um, super deep, was it? You were thinking of super deep? No, it wasn't super deep. I, I mean, what? there were parts of super deep I really liked. Was there? Was it that movie, the um, the Russian Sputnik? Oh, Sputnik! Uh, Sputnik was all right. Um, did you end up seeing that one? I have not watched some of these movies because you told me that the payoff was bad. <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, Sputnik was. Uh, it wasn't for the effects work. Um, it was more that the story just stopped being a horror movie or really a sci-fi movie, and then it just turned into this other weird romance drama almost. Hmm. Um, so the, I understood that, like, I I liked Sputnik all right, but it was kind of a letdown if you were expecting it to be solely in the sci-fi horror arena. And Super Deep, so did you never see Super Deep either? I saw Super Deep, yeah. Okay. Because there, there were definitely shots that I really liked in Super Deep. And it definitely did put a lot of work into its body horror um, and practical effects work. Uh, it just, sometimes I feel like these studios or whoever it is, they don't trust the practical effects to exist. And it's like, it, people, at least me personally, I feel like a lot of people, um, they they understand that practical effects, big suits, like the, that stuff's going to be a little clunky. Like, they get it. They the, the reason they want you to use it is so that the actors are interacting with something. Like, there's something physical in the room. And it makes a huge difference in the way that it's portrayed, the way it comes across. And it's like they can't, they're scared to trust it. And then there's like, you know what? You need to put some CG. It needs to be like moving right here and pulsing right here. And it needs to move faster. And it's like, no, it's okay. Just let it, let it fall over. Yeah, like, but let... you're, you're straddling the line between like super campy and like functional prosthetic and like practical effects. And it's not easy line. It's not an easy line to like, because if you mess one thing up in the wrong way, like, a practical effect is just campy. And it's dumb. And it's kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I would point to... As a great example of pulling it off well is The Void. Um, in recent memory. In recent memory. They... Um, I mean, most of The Void is practical, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, that pulled off the practical effects work without having to put a bunch of... Like adding a bunch of CG on top of it because they didn't trust the You're talking about, like, some of the, like, best practical effects work we've had since, like, the thing in the void. Yes, yes. You're, you're not talking yeah. about, like, someone who, like, I don't know, I feel like that's a very different echelon of, like, skill level than what we're talking about in some of these scenarios where, like, people have, like, good practical effects folks and they just don't let them shine. That's different than what we see in, like, one of the best practical effect movies, like, since the thing. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm sp yeah, I'm speaking specific to, like, like say, the Thing prequel. Like, like those instances where they didn't trust it. And oh, I feel yeah, like okay. the Super Deep did that some t at the in the final act. They were like, uh, we're not 100% on these practical effects. Do this. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, just let the practical effects. You were doing a great but job. I but I thought the practical effects in Matriarch were great. Like, it was exactly what I needed they were very that good. to be. Because I was under the impression it was one thing until I saw that. And then I was like, oh, wow, that was a really cool, like, twist i guess i'll say because it's a twist but it's not really a twist but it is because they like kind of reference a demon in in the, the description but oh yes yeah you get to it and you're like oh that's not what i thought it's kind of like the first episode of Cur cabin of curiosities where you're like that's not what i remember demons looking like <laughs> oh man speaking so. of which did you did you ever go see final prayer um that movie so. i brought up a, a while ago okay 
Well, I don't want to ruin it. So, but I and I, and I'm not saying it's great. It's a found footage movie from I don't know seven years ago, um, I think, and it flew under the radar for a reason. It's not the best movie out there, um, but I found the concept very in very original, very interesting, hmm. and I feel like just for me personally, at least it even though it's very short and the delivery isn't, you know, like this, the final act isn't like this extravagant thing either. It's still like, I can't stop thinking about like what they did there. And I, I don't know. I really need somebody else to see it. So Who's Ephraim, the other one you wanted me to watch the vigil. What's that? The vigil was the other movie you told me that. I yes. Watch? Okay. Yes. I put those on the list. I can, I believe them. I've been looking for stuff too. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I want to watch some more horror. I believe that um, Final Prayer is on Tubi. So that's f available for everybody. Cool. Just got to deal with the commercials. Uh, all right. I want to talk about one other movie uh, that we have a little bit of time for. We're going to have to talk about the shorts next time, I think. Um, yeah. Because we just... And the other movie that we saw there that, like, obviously wasn't the best movie they've ever done was Something in the Dirt. I th it's it's different. It's not... It's not... They're... they're so, uh, there, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron, what is his Moorhead. name? Aaron, Aaron Moorhead. Aaron Moorhead, yep. Did a movie called Something in the Dirt, but this movie is, like, even more heady than their other movies are. Like, in their other movies, you kind of get some kind of payout, um, a little bit, right? But in this movie, you're just, like, it's just conspiracy theory, like, horror. It's insane. Like, uh. Yeah. It wasn't bad to watch through once. I just don't think I'd ever watch it again. No, I think that's a good point. It, it, like, it, I I did appreciate it for what it was while we were watching it. I was entertained. I I, I laughed several times. Yeah. Um, it, because it is a very like, I, I mean, not only is the story ambitious, but the way they filmed it was very unique. Like, yeah, they were true. they were doing like it was like layer on top of layer of documentary style filmmaking, and it you're like it, and it's jumping around in time because of that because of the way they they did all that. And so that part was, and the way that they, you know, still were able to make a cohesive story out of it. Yeah. Um, Good story. was really impressive. Sure. Yeah. But I am with you. It's, I don't know if, how badly I want to revisit it. It's, it's not definitely, a horror movie. No, it's not. And it's, it's, it, it like, this is one of those movies um, that I'm, I think we've even talked about on here before, where the directors intend for the emotional response of the audience to match the emotional response of the characters in the movie which is disappointed like you're supposed to feel unfulfilled just like the characters in the movie are and so they succeeded in doing that but what sucks is then you That's feel you that remember. yeah <laughs> you feel unfulfilled yeah. and it sucks but it was their intent it wasn't that they didn't succeed in making there's a good movie. definitely like like tailors too like you're like oh man like i wonder if this was this or is this the first time that this has happened or Something like that. I thought that was kind of fun, but I just wanted a little bit more of a payoff. Like, I just needed something a little bit more, you know. I'm with you. Um, but I, actually, so I was just gonna I was gonna talk about the menu, but we can talk about it later because it's out and you'll be able to see it. But yeah, that was our review of the Telluride movies that we saw. Uh, I think most of the ones we saw were pretty good, besides the the barrier or the breach. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I'm sure that there were a couple that we'll see popped up and that'll pop up later, and we'll be like, oh shoot, I wish we would have seen that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure that'll happen. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, please, uh, I'm going to launch a petition soon for uh, Mike Flanagan's Clayface. I need everybody to sign it. Put that shit on, I'll put on the episode. <laughs> need to make it happen. Petition. Yes. Alright, well thanks for listening everybody. Uh, let us know what you thought about what we talked about, and we'll see you next time. See ya.